0: i uh-huh. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the final recap of the 2021-2022 season here on Dime Dropper. The NBA Finals have just concluded. The Golden State Warriors are our 2022 champions. Before we get started, though, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and, of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. So, just because it is the last recap does not mean we are going anywhere. I have a lot of content planned for the summer, but we can get into that after we talk about the game. The final game of the season, of season two of Dime Dropper of the 2021 22 season, a season in which we got fans back. From the beginning courtside no restrictions at least no restrictions you know major ones you can see from watching the game on tv or being at the games that i was at many many this season but it was you know a little bit of getting back to normal life and normal scenes of stadiums and fans that we that were used to our whole lives so it was a fun season much better than 2021 Uh, bias aside with my Clippers going far. But let's get right into the game. The Golden State Warriors. You know, I picked the Celtics to win this game, but I had some kind of feeling all day, guys, that the Warriors, there was something in the air. I felt like the Warriors were just going to end it tonight. You heard Steve Kerr uh, in the locker room. They got that soundbite after the last game saying that they're going to end it in Boston with confidence. That's a sign of a team to me that's been there. Scenes of, you know, when Magic said... Actually, I don't know if it was Magic. I think it was Jordan in 93 said, I only brought one suit to Phoenix because we're not playing a game seven. And, you know, it felt like that kind of vibe. They've been there, done that. But this was special. Let's get right into it. It was actually the Celtics that came out with the energy, with the intensity, and just with that first punch. And Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, we're leading the way. In these first couple of minutes, they were moving the ball well. Jason Tatum had a really nice relocation three. And Jalen Brown also hit a three. And that was cool to see Jason Tatum relocate off the ball because he doesn't really do that. He's pretty stagnant off the ball. And he would be stagnant off the ball as the game continued. The, the Celtics went up 14-2. And then after that, it was a completely different ball game. In the beginning, the way they were getting some of this ball movement was because they were trying to go at Steph Curry in the post with Marcus Smart, and a couple of times he got some, some good stuff in the beginning, but overall, Marcus Smart today didn't really play basketball, in my opinion. He was constantly, and I mean, when we talk about Draymond Green, like in game two or you know, I think it was game two. Everybody talked about he wasn't even playing basketball. Marcus Smart was not playing basketball tonight. Not that much good stuff on the ball. A bunch of screens, and he was really trying to make an impact screen setting, but just a bunch of holding, pushing, extensions, trying to flop, trying to put pressure on the refs, but really just not even p- trying to put pressure on the refs, trying to play the refs, trying to, you know, stop playing the refs, play the game. And Marcus Smart, I thought mentally he just did not look himself. He looked like he crumbled and just was in his own head and doing a bunch of nonsense. He was not the Marcus Smart that we've seen, the good Marcus Smart that we've seen so much throughout these playoffs and in the season. And you know, he, he hopefully for the Cel- If you're a Celtics fan, you'll take you'll think that he'll learn from this, even though he's the most experienced one of on the team. But he's never been to the finals before. He was was very close. The Celtics were very close, two games away. And hopefully he'll learn from that. But the Warriors weathered the storm very easily. Obviously a 12-point lead in today's NBA is nothing. But Kevon Looney, Gary Payton II came in and did their thing. Kevon Looney on the offensive glass, Gary Payton playing defense. And... You know, I thought that Jason Tatum, after that relocation three, he really, to me, I know this sounds harsh, but he didn't really do much right the rest of the game. He was dribbling way too much. He was extremely indecisive. You could tell he was in his own head. He was settling to me. And I remember at one point, his stats were like 11 points, five for nine, but it did not feel like he was playing like that. That stat line doesn't do anything for me. He wasn't very aggressive. Uh, And when he was, you know, Wiggins has done such an incredible job on him all series. I think it's not even, I usually don't say these kind of things, but he got locked up by Wiggins, like for real, throughout the whole series. He didn't have one great game, you know, he oftentimes gets downhill, and I don't really like his counters, it's kind of predictable. And he gets away with it because he has so much size, but Wiggins has similar size he he's a little bit shorter but he's got those long arms and he's physical and he's strong and he's good laterally and he clearly has been watching tape and knows Tatum's tendencies at this point everybody knows each other and that's what makes seven game series in sports so unique these guys know each other and they're having played with each other and uh, having played against each other for multiple games with so much film and adjustments it's like it's just a battle you know what i'm saying and Jason Tatum for example I was watching the game with some of my boys today that have been on the podcast, my boys bon, uh, Will Johnson and uh, Asher, they're both, we're watching the game and, you know, we noticed that Tatum, his, when he's going downhill on the fast break, you know he's going to that Euro step. and Draymond Green did a really good job today, there was one time where he just guessed it and obviously Draymond Green is one of the best defenders of, you know, of all time and he had a fantastic game tonight, don't think I'm going to forget about his performance because I've given him a lot of shit throughout this series and... Hey man, I can't talk shit about the podcaster anymore. He he's gonna go make his victory podcast now, and he's earned it. But Jason Tatum, you know, he everyone knows he's gonna do that Euro step. And also his legs just kind of look gone. He didn't really he couldn't really elevate off the ground much when he got to the basket. He was missing chippies when he did get to the rim. And I think that was discouraging him a little bit. Also, obviously the refs have not been calling too many things uh throughout the series, and I thought. I thought the Celtics were going to get a very favorable whistle tonight, but to be honest, it didn't seem like they even put themselves in a position to get a favorable whistle. And Jason Tatum, I just thought he also didn't look mentally right from the beginning. It looked like they just gotten to him. It's like Wiggins was sitting on all his moves. And I think that when it comes to going downhill, Jason Tatum is going to need to diversify his attack going forward to take that next step as a player. I think it's he's very dependent on ball-pounding behind the three-point line with everybody staring at him, high pick and roll or isolation. I, if he wants to be Kobe so bad, go watch some tape and see how Kobe beat teams when he won championships. Mid-post, fighting for post-position off the ball, moving more without the ball, not just pa- ball-pounding at the top so much. Stop wasting so much mo- movement, you're blowing. S- Blessed with that size, get to the spots, embrace your dribble pull-up. He was There was so many times today where he had space for a mid-range pull-up, and he didn't take it. And then the times that he did, it just looked a little like off. He didn't look confident in it. And, you know, Kobe Bryant will tell you all the time that it's all about the mid-range. Mid-range is what wins chips. And I think the Celtics outside of Jalen Brown, severely lack that in their attack. And I think that's part of the reason why, when their three ball's not falling, their offense looked clunky and iso-heavy and stagnant plenty of times throughout the playoffs, and we've been talking about this for years now. So I think Jason Tatum can, can still win the championship. They can still play, win the championship playing this way, but I think Tatum's going to have to improve in the little things one-on-one to just make himself unstoppable. Even by the best defenders in the league. Because Wiggins is one of those. And it's so funny. You got Sorry guys. The, for the people that are watching on the on the uh freaking uh live chat and appreciate everybody that's here. My nose is just itchy. That's why I keep doing that. But appreciate it. Eighteen people in the live. Shout out to everybody. Congratulations to the Warriors fans. Um sorry, I'm moving kind of slow. I want to be very thorough tonight since this is the last one. God damn it, my nose is itchy. Oh my god. Alright. So basically, guys. The Warriors started out with a 27-22 lead after all that in the first. And Steph Curry started. Don't think I'm forgetting about him. He was making some great cross-court passes. He got to the rim a couple times. And there was one time I think he had the Time Lord on him. And this is in the first quarter. Time Lord on him. Top of the key. Doesn't settle. Doesn't try to dance and just create separation for that three ball, which he does so much sometimes. He just got right by him. Got to the rim got in front of him and used his body to shield and finished. And it was very impressive. And then there was a relocation three, the classic Steph pass and relocate for a three. It looked like he could have been a foul in the right corner. It was splash mountain. And... The Warriors went on a 21 to nothing run from the end of the first quarter to the beginning of the second quarter. And you started to see the Celtics fall into their bad habits yet again, turning the ball over constantly. Jalen Brown, especially. Lucy Goosey with his handle. He as much as he's improved his handle since he came into the league, he needs a lot of work in that department if he wants to take that next step, not only as a scorer, but just for them to win a championship with this duo and the help that they have around them, you know, saying they don't get another star or anything like that. And I don't think they need another star. I think they just got to make improvements to their game. They're young, and they'll be back for many years to come. Maybe they don't get it next year. They're going to compete, but just keep believing because I think they can get it. It's just a 24-year-old winning the championship is very hard. And That's so funny. I told my friends that, too, at UMass. I told my friends, and I was doubting myself for a second. I switched up on myself. I should have had more faith in my take. I said that the Celtics were... Not there yet. They they still need a little bit more time just to win it. I said they could get there, but winning it is a whole different ballgame, and it truly is because, you know, historically, you have to go through a gauntlet, a team that had been there and knocked somebody off the throne. Even though the Warriors had kind of been knocked off their throne through various things, they still have kind of owned this last seven, eight years of basketball. So the Celtics, it really did feel like a kind of dethroning if they had won in ways, but... Shout out to the Warriors, you know, the experience and the talent as well. They have revamped talent with Wiggins and Poole. And they have a lot of young talent as well. But I just think that be, having been there, done it, and having the best part in the series was what won out for Golden State. But second quarter... As I said, they went up 47 32, the Warriors. That's when you started hearing the booze from the Celtic fans. You know, Marcus Smart continuing to play ridiculous basketball. He was in foul trouble, had three fouls in that first half. And Jordan Poole came in and started eating, hit a bank three, got downhill a couple times, um, but mostly just creating space for jumpers. And the Celtics just looked defeated. And I tweeted out that it just looked like the Warriors just, you could, it felt like a ring, it felt like a championship night tonight. It just felt like the trophy was going to be presented. That When I saw Steph on the sidelines celebrating in the second quarter, I felt it. And I saw those Warriors fans around, the, uh, around their bench that had tr- whatever, either traveled or just Warriors fans around that area celebrating. I could just feel it. And the crowd booing. It looked like Jason Tatum. Because it's all about your best player. I always say that. It starts from the top. And Jason Tatum just didn't look himself Tonight, maybe he's still struggling with that injury at this point. Everyone's had injuries, so there's no excuse. Jason Tatum, but I think people are being very harsh on him, though. Like, people are all of a sudden like, Oh, you know, people say he's not a superstar. That's all dependent on what your definition of a superstar is. For me, he is. I think it's very hard to lead a team to the championship any era. And plus, he played in the superior conference. I know the Warriors are the team that came out victorious, but the East was the better conference this year. Jason Tatum is a 24-year-old leading his team as the consensus best player. I think he's the best player. Jalen Brown had the better final series in which they lost. Big fucking whoop. Yeah, like that's not that's not. Jason Tatum won the Larry Bird Eastern Conference MVP trophy. He was definitely the best player in the first two rounds. Uh, He's the man of this team. He's the franchise player. He's the face of the franchise. And he got his team to the finals. James Harden has never led his team to the championship. Um, I know, by the way, I I know I'm not contextualizing, but I'm just saying. James Harden has never led his team to the championship as the best player. We've never seen Paul George lead his team to the championship as the best player. Carmelo Anthony, Tracy McGrady. So a lot of players I could just keep going on. Jason Tatum has done that. So that's just, I'm not giving him out participation trophies, but I'm just saying that that's not easy to do. And he will be back, and he's only 24 years old. So, but tonight he just didn't have it. He just didn't have it. He was looking, every time he would try to go drive, his only counter was to try to just lower the shoulder to try to bump and create separation, but he was losing the handle. And it's tough when you're going into the brick walls of Kevon Looney's or Andrew Wiggins. And even when he had Steph Curry on him throughout this series on switches, Steph really did a good job of holding his own. We know about Steph and how much work he's put in defensively, whether it be in the weight room or just laterally, just always been, and he's getting become a smarter defender as well. He's clearly taken pride in that. And Jeff Van Gundy always says it in the telecast that if you care about Winning, you'll get better at defense if that's a weakness for you. And that was a weakness for Steph. And now I think he's a solid defender. And the fact that Jason Tatum couldn't take advantage of him is obviously, you know, you got to give Steph credit. But it's also a, it it is a little bit of, it's it's ridiculous. Like Jason Tatum needs to work on taking advantage of his size, getting in the low post, not committing ridiculous offensive fouls, going up strong and not just trying to play to get a, a call. Go up strong and make the refs react to you. Don't react to the refs. And that's something that comes with time and experience. I think Marcus Smart's not the best role model for him, though, playing alongside him. I'll tell you that much. But another reason why the Celtics did not win the series. And, of course, tonight it came back to bite them, even though the numbers might not suggest it fully. But rebounds. No rebounds, no rings. The Warriors won the glass battle by three, 44 to 41. But the offensive rebound battle, both teams got a good amount, but 15 to 11 in favor of the Warriors. 15 offensive rebounds is a lot. I know there's a lot of long misses in today's NBA, but that is a lot. And then 22 turnovers. That was the main thing we talked about, guys, here, Dime Dropper fam. And everyone's been talking about all series long. That the Celtics could not do. 22 turnovers. That's not going to win you a game against this caliber of opposition. And here's the funny part. Like, against... I always say, when you give teams like the Warriors and you do dumb shit or give them second chance opportunities, the best teams make you pay. Second quarter, there was a play where Draymond got an offensive rebound. Kicked it out to Jordan Poole. Three ball. Made him pay. Also... Kevon Looney, two offensive rebounds over Rob Williams. Both of them friendly bounces, unfortunate for Rob. But, man, you got to get your full body on him. Get low and just don't just stand there and just do a jumping contest. Get low and take his angle away. Don't let him explode. Come on now, fundamentals. But 21-0 run from the 2:20 uh, 2 minutes and 22nd mark in the first quarter to the second before JB hits the a three and ends it. After a timeout, but same story overall, as I talked about for the Celtics in the first half, too much ball pounding. I thought Jalen Brown, though, was actually playing the best for Boston in terms of providing offense, but 54 to 39 going into the half. And the third quarter, guys, was not much better. You saw in the beginning, Udoka tried to blitz Steph Curry. They put Wiggins in the pick and roll. He instantly was in the four-on-three read situation. Kicked it out to Otto Porter, who again started tonight, not Kevon Looney. So for the third straight game, he started. And look, that ended up being an adjustment that worked and won the series. I think they, yeah, they went 3-0 and with Otto Porter starting every time. So shout out to Steve Kerr. Again, in my opinion, his most impressive coaching job of them all. But we'll get into all the giving the Warriors flowers at the end, um, even though I've given them some in this. But by the way, shout out to everybody in the comment section um, on the YouTube live. I appreciate you guys all season. Don't worry, I'm going to be giving you guys your time tonight. But second half, ladies and gentlemen, the last half of a recap of the season, of season two. Third quarter Warriors or third quarter Celtics? What are we going to get? Obviously, third quarter Celtics isn't really a thing, but third quarter Warriors damn sure is. However, what, what game was it where the Celtics, we got some third quarter Celtics? I think it was game five. Yeah, it was last game. But so they blitz. They make, uh, Autumn Porter makes them pay. And Draymond Green, I thought he was just making plays all over the place on both ends of the floor. His help defense was fantastic. So, like, even in the situations where Tatum will have Steph or even Steph will be guarding Horford, they're so ready to help all the time. Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, Andrew Wiggins, they're very in sync. The rotations are good. And Draymond Green is just one of the best rotators, help defenders uh, I've ever seen. And he was making plays too, pushing the ball a lot, making the defense collapse. And part of that is because he was finally hitting his jumper. Honestly, there were shades of 2015. He hit two threes and an 18-foot mid-range. It was a sight to behold. Two for five from deep for Draymond and five for 10 from the field. It was just unbelievable. And obviously his screening and passing and screening and the quick decisions he makes and that connection he has with Clay and Steph to try to free him up is phenomenal. There was one play where Steph made him pay uh, on that kind of action or make the Celtics pay with Marcus Smart and Lulub to sleep off the ball, came off a little Draymond hand, uh, uh, dribble handoff, stepped in with three. And then after that with more, by the way, down by 19 points, the Warriors are starting out the third quarter well and the Celtics still can't score. Jason Tatum still nowhere to be found. Marcus Smart, down 19, gets a pass, the first pass, and chucks a three. And off is, on the other end, what did I say? When you do dumb shit, Marcus Smart, freaking oxymoron right there in the name, you you pay. And Steph Curry pulled from 30 feet and just drained. And then the Warriors were up 22. Steph Curry pointed to his finger to say, there's a ring coming on this thing tonight. The fourth one. Or not tonight, but... In October. Because he knew it. And Steph was not going to be denied. You could just tell his presence. He was the best player in the series by a landslide. He's arguably the best player in the world. He just showed up to all the critics. He showed up, all the critics. He silenced them. I'm going to get into his... uh, I keep trying to get... I don't want to get into the flowers just yet, but... I keep almost... It's almost like hard to resist because... It's just spectacular. Went up by 22. No rebounds, no rings. Again, same thing we've talked about all series, all all playoffs. The winner of the rebounding battle wins most games. The Celtics, a couple times, just second chance opportunities to guys like Wiggins, Looney, and Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins getting tips and everything like that. But one bright spot for the Celtics was Al Horford in the second half. He was really good, he was hitting a bunch of threes. He uh, got an and-one that cut the deficit down to nine. And they were really going at Jordan Poole. So that got the Celtics just a little bit of momentum going into the fourth. They outscored the Celt- uh, the Warriors 27-22 to in the third quarter, which gave them some momentum going into the fourth. And they were actually able to cut the deficit down to eight. I thought Jalen Brown was actually really solid tonight. Despite the turnovers, and he had a lot of them, too many, but he at least gave them the scoring punch that they needed with 34 points on 12 for 23 shooting and five for, 5 for 11 from deep. But the Celtics only shot 12 free throws, and the Warriors only shot 8 free throws, so the refs just didn't call much, but 12 free throws is not much. And they, the Celtics, also a big problem for them, so I'm going to get into the fourth quarter now, but this, the problem for them as well is they didn't, their depth let them down. Didn't really have much. Derek White, his lack of shot making just it just couldn't keep him on it it was it cost him staying on the floor. You know, he played 16 minutes, and I even said that there was a leash too big for him at one point. Uh two points, one for six, oh for two from three. He just his three point shooting was just way too bad. I don't even want to say inconsistent. He just wasn't good in these playoffs, and his offense just kind of he did the right things for the most part, and he competed, made the right plays. But they needed a little bit more of a scoring boost consistently. They didn't get that. Peyton Pritchard, he played eight minutes, was zero for two, but he's it's just tough, you know. It's he's young, and this is he only played first round basketball last year. Now he's in the finals, so it's pretty tough. It's like a Jordan Farmer. He reminds me of Jordan Farmer in two thousand eight, honestly. And then Grant Williams, just I guess. He was so important for them all playoffs long. He had such a great postseason. His three in po- season, his three point shooting just changed his game. But I guess he just couldn't make enough shots to stay on the stay on the floor enough, and he lost his rhythm. It seemed in this series, he just wasn't impactful and didn't get many minutes. And maybe that's something Yudoka will look back and say, "Maybe I should have given him more minutes." Or man, maybe it was the right decision, and he just. Wasn't hitting shots. Three points for him, one for two from the field. But the fourth quarter, the Celtics cut it down to eight with JB hitting a corner three. I think it was 78-86. But one thing, an adjustment that the Celtics made in the fourth, they just switched everything. And the matchup that the Warriors wanted was Al Horford guarding Steph Curry. And remember when I said that Steph Curry doesn't doesn't get very many clean looks in the fourth quarter against the lead opposition? Highest level of comp? Well, he did tonight. Cause he blew by Marcus Smart, he blew by Al Horford twice, he scored three shots in the paint, which is, for my opinion, I'd have to look the stats, but it's rare in the playoffs. I see Steph Curry against the, in the Final Four level, um, getting layups, three layups, two of them uncontested in a fourth quarter like that in a half court set. Uh, the help defense was not there, but it was just. You can't say enough about the guy, right? Can't say enough about it. The Warrior, the Celtics, just. I think they needed some Tatum and didn't get any Tatum. Continued to turn the ball over. Missed shots. Long, short. Looked gassed. Looked out of it. Just mentally. It's all about the mental toughness at this stage. It's the war of attrition. And the Warriors have been there. They're battle-tested. And you can see it. As well as Jalen Brown played, he turned the ball over too much. Jason Tatum, he had a terrible series, man. And, you know, he's still one of the best players in the league. Top 10, easy for me. But he had a terrible series. Um, but it's okay. They won two games. Terrible, maybe even be harsh. He didn't have a great series, didn't play very well. But he still, you know, made an impact in the games that they won. They still got here. They still beat. He outplayed Kevin Durant for a full series, four games, guarded him for a lot of it. Game six against Giannis. That won't be remembered the same way anymore. On the road, under elimination, facing elimination destroying and then in game seven leading them to victory and then obviously against Miami leading them to victory so get an amazing season but they just ran out of gas they're gonna try they I think what they need is they need to get a bucket getter to come off the bench and give them some scoring relief just a bucket getter maybe even a guy that can play in 15-minute spurts just to give them some relief and then they can work on their games and run it back Run it back. The future is bright in Boston. They should use this as fuel, come back like the Phoenix Suns next year, and just not pull the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs. But it's not going to be easy, guys. And my Celtics fans, my Celtic followers out there, all my people back in Mass, um, you know, I got to poke some fun, man. The championship drought, only three years, but it continues. It's time for you to face the facts. LA is the new king of sports, baby. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go that far. But I'm just saying that the times are changing. And it's Los Angeles who will be celebrating titles very much. We got a banner ceremony coming up in September at SoFi Stadium, the most beautiful stadium in the world, which got accepted for a World Cup host stadium today, which was obvious and, you know, everyone knew it. And it's one of the intentions of why that stadium was built. And it's the home of the Super Bowl freaking champions, ladies and gentlemen. And next year, hopefully, hopefully, if God is good and basketball gods are nice, which they so often aren't to people like myself. The LA Clippers will be celebrating their first championship ever because God damn it, I am so tired of watching these other teams win championships. But the dagger, the dagger was made by Andrew Wiggins in the corner from Steph Curry. Too many turnovers, too many offensive rebounds. The Golden State Warriors win the championship and win game six. 103-90, to 90, to win their fourth championship in eight years. Wow. That is not something I thought I'd be saying going into the season at all. I didn't think they'd win the championship going into the 2015 season either. But they proved me wrong then. And they proved me wrong again. Before I started podcasting, I made a statement that I don't think Steph Curry's going to lead a team to a championship ever again. And he made me look the fool. And mind you, I've always been a Steph fan. Like I really respect him. He's one of the best to ever do it. He further solidified his great... I mean, not solidified, but further added to the resume tonight in, in spectacular fashion. And in my opinion, his most impressive ring yet. And this team's most impressive ring yet. I thought they were going to be like... I said they were going to be like a six seed, five seed. That's Everybody said if if Clay comes back and looks decent, they'll be They'll be dangerous. I don't think many people outside of Warriors fans that are obviously going to ride with their squad and believe in their squad and always go with the optimistic approach for the most part. Most people did not think they were going to win the championship. I don't think any people thought they were going to make it to the championship this year. But the West was wide open and we started to see very early on they were going to be contenders. But man, to actually come and win it with all the injuries that they had throughout the season. They had a great start to the season, but let's not forget, Draymond Green got injured, missed the All-Star game in a whole stretch. He comes back, uh, or I think it's, I'm sorry, Klay Thompson comes back, and then Draymond gets hurt, and then you have Steph Curry who gets hurt by Marcus Smart, and I guess this is the revenge right there in the finals, Celtics losing to the Warriors. And by the way, another fun fact is that the Warriors became the second road team to celebrate a championship in Boston in the history of the NBA. The Celtics do not have that many finals losses. Only the 85 Lakers did that, and celebrated the Boston Garden. That was very special for them. and It was very unique and different seeing you know, the Celtics have a curtain call at home on a losing effort and seeing another team celebrate on their home floor to win the championship. And Banner 18... We heard about in 2010, and it's going to have to wait a little bit longer for Celtics fans, but I still believe that in this decade they will win a championship, and Jason Tatum will lead them to it with Jalen Brown right by his side. As for the Warriors, you can't say enough. They put it all together. They grew with every round. The sign of great teams is to improve with each round, and they just caught stride. Remember, Steph Curry was coming off the bench to start these playoffs. He came off an injury, and for them to put it all together – Clay Thompson to look as good as he looked in these playoffs. Maybe not an all star level, but man, all star on some nights. Andrew Wiggins, what about his story? Second, I'm uh, sorry, first pick in the draft. Solid start to his career. Started to be labeled a bust, drifting away on that 2018 team that made it to the playoffs. And after that, the Wolves just looked like they were going nowhere. Reinvents himself as a role player that makes the All-Star team and has All-Star impact in an NBA playoffs, in an NBA finals. His play increased with each round, guarding the best player in every round. He's a champion. He was the second-best player on this team, clear as day. Throughout the season, you know, you can make a case for Draymond in the regular season, but he only played 46 games. In the playoffs, Wiggins was consistent, the most consistent, second-best player on the team. And then Draymond Green, you know, he had his rough uh rough patches in the series he had some terrible games but ultimately he put it together with a great fourth quarter in game four a very good game five and a huge game six to win his fourth championship he's an all-time great himself And probably solidified his Hall of Fame status as the Warriors complete one of, for sure, the greatest trios in the history of the NBA. And a very special player leading that charge in Steph Curry with a very special coach in Steve Kerr. A top 15 coach, and I'd say it's earned now. This was his most impressive job. You know, people were being ridiculous on Twitter all season to me criticizing kerr for not putting steph curry on the ball enough and you know these lineup decisions ultimately the goal was to keep everybody healthy enough to win the championship and to have those role players prepared for any situation that came their way and damn it they were and obviously he knows and steph knows that steph's going to be on the ball more in the playoffs and he was ready for that, Steph Curry was, and they trusted each other. And it's very big for a coach to have a relationship with their best player, at least in my view of watching all-time great teams, the Pop Duncans, the Phil Kobe Jordans, the Russell Hourbacks, you know, Riley Magic, all these different ways, you know, all these different coaches and their best player. And Steph Curry and Steve Kerr seem to have an awesome relationship. And it shows. And it shows. And trust the process. Stop taking this for granted, Warriors fans. Stop this franchise i remember when i was a freaking kid i'm not even that old when i was a freaking kid this franchise was poverty poverty not that much different than my clippers except they had a championship with rick berry in the 70s and the way that peter goober joe Lacob, bob myers have turned the franchise around steve kerr Steph. you can't do it without the players but it starts on the top you need an owner to put the vision together and they've done a spectacular job so congrats to the warriors fans four rings Jeez, let's read the stat lines. Let's go to the Celtics first. I already talked about the bench guys. Derek White, one for six, two points. Grant Williams, one for two, three points. Peyton Pritchard, 0 for two, a donut. Starters. Rob Williams, who I actually thought played really well, uh, blocked a ton of shots. Uh, 10 points, seven rebounds, five blocks, four for eight from the field, two for two from the line. Al Horford, 19 and 14. I feel really bad for him. What a playoffs he had and a resurgence he had this season. Um, I think he'll still be very good next season. I hope he stays healthy because he was so awesome for them, and I'm a big fan of his, always have been. Six for eight from the field and four for five from deep. A lot of that in the second half, 19 and 14 for him. Marcus Smart, Just a dis- I just thought it was an atrocious game. Nine assists, so maybe I was wrong about the ball handling comment in the beginning. Maybe I'd have to go back and watch the tape, even though I'm not going <laughs> to. That uh, he maybe play-make more than I thought, but... Just wasn't very effective to me. A lot of bullshit. A lot of not playing the game. Nine points, nine assists, five fouls, four for twelve from the field, one for two from three. It's crazy. Only shot two threes. And then Jalen Brown, thirty-four points, seven rebounds, three assists, but five turnovers. Just too much tunnel vision. That's something he's got to get better at. You know, they know that he doesn't like going left. Uh, he jump passes too much. And you know, he's got to work on his handle. Twelve for twenty-three from the field, five for eleven from deep. And then Jason Tatum. Ugh, I really thought he was going to have a great game. I looked so stupid in that space last night with Ricky G and Nat talking about Jason Tatum's going to have such a great game. 13 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 turnovers, 6 for 18 from the field and 1 for 4 from deep. He's just had a tough final series, man. Tough. And he's going to learn. I don't think it's a blemish to his legacy. It's just like... I had Warriors in 7. It was tough, you know. He's got we'll see if he doesn't win a championship we'll look back on in that way, but he's got a lot of years left, so be patient. And Celtics fans don't panic. It's going to hurt, but you'll be back. 22 turnovers as a team. As for the Warriors, Gary Payton the 2nd, 20 minutes played, 6 points. Two for six in the field, three rebounds, two assists, but three steals and a block, plus 18, the highest of any player. So he was impactful tonight. He was impactful, and even, even though he missed a while after that uh, injury against the Grizzlies, he was big in various moments of these playoffs, and he earned his ring. Kevon Looney, a donut, 0 for 2, but had seven rebounds, and... Six offensive rebounds and played some good D. Set some solid screens. Jordan Poole, another solid performance. He really ended the series well. And overall had a really solid series. Game two, he was great. Game five, he was really good. Game six, he was good. 15 points. And game four, he woke up as well. 15 points, five for 12 on the field, three for eight from deep. And then the starters. Otto Porter only played 13 minutes tonight. He had six points. But the big four, Draymond Green. 12 points, 12 rebounds, 4 of those offensive rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. He was phenomenal. His help defense was great. His leadership, uh, ability to play make and push the ball and make plays, everything. 42 minutes played for him. Klay Thompson did not have a good game tonight. Game 6 Klay was not in effect. He was shooting a ton. But he did compete and he played D. And the Warrior defense was just phenomenal all-series and all-season. You know, we talked about the Celtic defense, but the Warriors' defense really what stood out. Their ability to switch everything and stay in front of the ball and their the best defenders, the Paytons, the Wiggins, and even Steph taking responsibility on that end. It was just something to behold um, and, and just something to marvel at. Clay Thompson, He even though he was not the same defensive player he was in the past, he really did get better towards the end and played some really solid defense, but... 5 for 20 tonight. 2 for 8 from deep. He took some really bad shots. Quick shots. But they're clay shots. Hasn't seen a shot he doesn't like. And his post-game comments. and You can see how much it meant to him. And I feel so happy for him. Andrew Wiggins. 7 for 18 from the field. 4 for 9 from deep though tonight. He has not been shooting well from 3 in these playoffs. But... He hit him tonight. I mean, you knew when Draymond was hitting jumpers, Wiggins was hitting threes, that it was just that kind of night for the Warriors and that tonight was destined to be their night. 18 points, six boards, five assists, four steals, and three blocks. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. In 44 minutes, so well-conditioned. And then speaking of well-conditioned, the Finals MVP, the trophy that's eluded him for so long. You can't tell him nothing now. Steph Curry, cemented with the greats. Changed the game. Finals MVP, MVP, MVP. The best scoring point guard, in my opinion, that has ever lived. Just the best shooter we've ever seen. One of the better scorers we've seen. And just at his size, you know, 6'3 or under, probably the best player to ever live. Um, 34 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block. 12 for 21 from the field. 6 for 11 from deep. 40 minutes played. He earned every bit of that Finals MVP. He won without KD again. No injuries you can complain about with Kyrie and Kevin Love missing it. He proved everyone wrong, including me. He earned, he earned it. There's nothing you can say. Congrats to the Warriors. I don't really like the Warriors that much, guys, but I appreciate the way that they play basketball. Um, I think that Steph Curry is one of the greats. Um, I know a lot of people are going to ask me, where does he rank all the time and all this, and I just want to say something about that stuff. You know, people are so caught up in this all time stuff and, you know, just propping up their favorite players and just making these comparisons. But I'm I've grown to start to ignore people and just kind of look just not feel a certain way about it when I see their opinions because I know ninety five percent of them just aren't educated enough on this topic of evaluating greats with proper context and knowing what they did. And it's not a knock, I'm not saying anything about Steph. But it's just like, I don't really respect your opinion. You're just propping up what you like. Um, and obviously every list is emotional, but if you're going to make a list all time and say it with that kind of confidence, I don't know. I just think you should do your research. But maybe I just care too much about the game. But I just want to say, I'm not going to get into all that where to step rank all time stuff, but if I had to guess, if you want to ask me, um, you know, around that 11, around that 12, 13 range, and I'd probably say he's after Magic's second best uh if I consider him a point guard, point guard of all time, solidified for me. A lot of people had that beforehand. I'm not as uh, easy going. I still think that you know you can argue other players. Cause I'm never gonna just say you can't argue things when the players played 40 years apart and did different things and different circumstances. And I always like to hear people that obviously lived longer than me and have been around longer than me and saw players I didn't see in real time. So it's always good to learn and not always talk, but listen. But that's how you know. Ironic coming from a guy who's spoken uninterrupted for 40 minutes. But he's all-time, man. He's all-time stuff. That trio is all-time. But Steph Curry, he really won this ring without a clear-cut second option. It's Wiggins, but he really won without a clear-cut second option. So all that people's stuff about Kevin Durant doing this and that, in terms of that conversation, who's better all-time there? It's not a conversation to me. they played in the same era. So, the greatest warrior of all time. It's been special to witness it. I just want a little piece of championship I want the tears of joy, man, and Steph Curry crying tears of joy, man. That was touching, you know. It, it, you could see how much it meant to him. The Finals MVP that fools didn't really like. He he was the best player on the 2015 team, and people didn't consider that because the Finals MVP wanted to be difficult and stupid and act like Steph didn't have a great Finals then. But he had the best Finals he's ever had, right here. What can you say? Celtics will be back. Warriors will be back. I will be back. But I want to say before we go to the live subscribers, I mean, by the way, 27 points off turnovers, um, I believe, for the Warriors against the Celtics. So I want to say, though, before I go to the live subscribers, from the bottom of my heart, guys, I want to thank you for all the episodes you guys listened to. For all the lives you attended, for the comments that you gave and made, and the support that you gave me. It's been tougher this year. The algorithms weren't nice to us after last summer. I didn't make as many videos. I experimented with like a baseball vlog and talking about soccer one video, and the algorithms just kind of tanked me after the playoffs. And then this year, you know, with Kawhi being out, a lot of people weren't as into the Clippers, and we weren't competing for a championship, and we knew that. And. You know, the Lakers being such a disaster kept those people away. And I think a lot of people started to realize that that rant that brought all you guys to me was not something I always do. I don't always rage in anger with eyes like I want to kill someone um, when my Clippers lose in the playoffs. You know, I I do get heartbroken. You can debate that I I may care too much. But the the, the anger that I had, the words I said about Paul George and, and various people in that video was just a, a, a semblance of, of a fan who was emotional and it was a time in my life and time in everybody's life in the middle of COVID that we were looking for something to give us some hope, some joy. And that did not give me joy. And I just let out my emotions and, you know, it caught wind and people resonated with that passion. And all you guys came to me, 2,000 or so of you. And a lot of people thought I was just going to be a rager, a guy that screamed and yelled every time the Clippers lost and kept it real but reacted with emotion. And after we broke the curse last year and Terrence Mann did his Terrence Mann thing, and in two days, it'll be the one-year anniversary of that, which ended up being the second-best day of my life. That was something I dreamt about as a kid for so many years. And you know what's crazy? It sounds so corny and pathetic that it's the second round, but that's how hard it felt to make it out of the second round. Like I, used to, I just didn't think it was going to happen for so long. I was like, It just seems just like it's not meant to be. You know how many times I had to go to school People say we're never gonna make it out of the second round. And I saw the conference finals Virgin memes and the, you know, son, we're Clipper fans. We don't know what the second round is. And it was just it had gone to a point where I just couldn't take it anymore. And when we got that that done, and for me to be there and for it to be the first sold out house, it meant so much to me. It meant so fucking much. And I can't wait till we win a championship. And I'm so happy I'm doing this shit and documenting it. I'll have the receipts for every mistake and bad take I have, every good take I have. And I love doing it. And I love that to all the people that support, night in, night out, you already know who you are. I can't say enough. I promise you I'll repay you one day. I promise. We're going to get places. I care too much about this shit to not. I'm going to keep pushing. Even though this, this season, as I said, the view count was down. It was hard to get people. I had to, you know, all the people that commented on the algorithms after the video and did that for me just to make sure we don't plummet. Keep it at a couple hundred views every video. I really appreciate it, man. It wasn't the best season for the Clippers. It was still super fun. I got to go to so many games. The vlogs became so much bigger. It was fun talking about the Lakers. And I don't. But the reason why I brought up the, the raging thing is because I think this season we separated the people that, that, that just saw me as a rager the people that actually cared about my basketball analysis, that actually cared what I had to say, that you know respected my opinion and my knowledge and the work I put in and my experiences playing the game my whole life, and and care what I have to say even when it's not about the Clippers and the Lakers. You know I got 23 people in here right now, and when I wake up tomorrow I'll see 100 people watch the video, and those people are not here because it's the Clippers and the Lakers. Those people are here because they care about my analysis or just want to show support for my video, and that means more to me than anything. And I just the goal is to get millions of you guys and people that are you know interested to see what i have to say and there's a lot of great basketball minds out there man there's a lot of great basketball minds that you guys can listen to a lot of people that have much more experience than me that played at higher levels than me but you choose to give me the time and your clicks to to listen to me so i promise you i won't let you guys down um you're a part of something special the journey of the history of basketball that will continue this summer. We're going to do something called Time Machine Tuesdays, where I'm going to try to do a Time Machine video every Tuesday, and God damn it, we're going to make progress this summer. I know all you guys are waiting for the 80s, for the 90s, for all this stuff, for all of these players that you hear so much about, but man, it's coming. We're going to get through these 70s and enjoy the 70s. Enjoy everything because no one else is doing this, and my goal is to try to showcase these players Even though I'm choosing the clips, but I'm providing you with the full link to the games as well. I'm showing you these players because when I hear these, there's going to be a lot of Steph Curry all-time tweets tonight. There's going to be a lot. And a lot of arguments in those comments. And in those comments, people are not doing this. People are not trying to open up their minds. So what I'm trying to do is let you guys decide by watching the film contextualized, broken down. And you make your decision. And that's what I'm trying to do for you guys here. And also do for myself. So i are going to see a lot of that this summer, and then some more guests. Definitely going to try to get more people involved. Obviously, Spencer Garrett coming up. I'm, thank God I got reminded of that. If you guys have not seen my snippet with Spencer Garrett from HBO's Winning Time, he played Chick Hearn in the show, please go check that out. It's on the YouTube channel. Leave a like and a comment. See what you think. If you haven't watched Winning Time, go watch it. It's ridiculously entertaining, especially if you want to know more about basketball history, and like the, especially if you're a Laker fan, or just like, I don't know, like basketball. But go check it out. Please check out that video. The full version is coming now on Saturday. Since the finals ended tonight, the full version is coming out on Saturday. Please show love. He's the biggest guest we've had thus far. He's got 10,000 followers on Twitter. He's been in many uh, movies. He was in Star Trek. He was in a Transformers movie. And he was really generous to give us his time. He was also a Laker fan, so he was a, living a dream doing Chick Hearn. So please check that out on Saturday. Leave a like, a comment. Watch it as soon as you can. I want to know what you guys think. It's our biggest guest thus far, Dime Dropper Featuring, Episode 2. Featuring is when we have an official guest that has either ties to the NBA or WNBA or NCAA. And in this case, doing it, playing a part of the best broadcaster of all time. So There'll be more Dropper more featuring this summer. I can promise you that. Hopefully, we'll finally get our first NBA player. Fingers crossed. We'll see. But everybody, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, what you enjoyed this season, season two in the books. Love you guys. DimeDripper fam, you are the greatest in the world. And we'll be back for season three, off-season podcast. Obviously, if free agency moves happens, I will do some pods on those as well. As far as Dropper Time Machine, that is only for the YouTube channel, not for the podcast. So podcast will be a little bit on the on the download this summer. It's either gonna be guests or you know, guests or or talking about free agency moves. Appreciate everybody signing off from Los Angeles and going on to our live subscribers, waiting oh so patiently in the chat. Peace.